hooligans and welcome back to another episode of the weaving words podcast um sorry for the delay we had a whole lot of birthday celebrations um the last couple of weeks to take care of on the weekend so i didn't have time to record but you know what i came back with a very special episode where it is just i roman and i'm gonna talk about some more stories that i enjoyed um and this is gonna be an episode uh kind of like uh oops all star wars because you know what? It's been a really great month of Star Wars for Roman over here. Um, I want to talk about some really cool stuff I've been enjoying, some stuff I'm looking forward to, and some stuff from my past that I love about Star Wars that just kind of came back to me um, recently um, that I just I want to share with some of the people who listen uh, and might want to, I don't know, get a good recommendation on some cool novels to read if they have the time. Um, the, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is you know, uh, like I've told a lot of people, when I got into Star Wars, it wasn't really with the movies. The movies are kind of ancillary. Um, the main thing that got me into Star Wars was, one, the toys, right? You know, kids like toys. And uh, I got into it because of the Clone Wars. The uh, the clone troopers looked badass. And then the Jedi with the clone armor. I mean, it was just, it was a really cool aesthetic. And you know what? When it catches your eye, then you want to learn about it. And um, I was just very, very fortunate to have, like, so much media to consume at the time so when i got into high school um i started reading the star wars novels and some of my favorite 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 novels um probably of all time actually were the republic commando novels the star wars republic commando novels written by uh karen travis she uh wrote a lot of actually a lot of other uh star wars novels she's also written for the gears of war franchise halo and the gi joe franchises um so she's pretty good a uh, pretty good writer um again i've read i've read a lot of the novels she did uh, not just the republic commando ones i, le- I read her uh legacy of the force which is really cool because she actually ties in with the republic commando series a lot of the characters end up making their way you know 30 40 years into the future which is and it's just so cool. It's such a cool thing when I got into Star Wars, seeing that there's such a huge timeline and universe and legacy of it. Um, they're they're named really well because yeah, to see the legacy of these characters that you grew attached to, um, it was like it was just something so freaking cool, man. Uh, I'm gonna be saying that a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the Republic Commando novels revolve around Omega Squad, and for those of you who are Star Wars fans, um. The Republic Commandos are supposed to be like really like special forces clone troopers. They're usually in four man cells. They all have some type of specialty that they, you know, bring to the table. You have like a demo guy or a tech guy or a, a marksman and the, you know, the leader, the squad leader. Um, and they're, uh, it's not something you'd normally see. Like, you're, you know, the whole point, you know, they're kind of like the Navy SEALs, kind of like the special ops guys that are going around doing like um, really top of line missions like and um the story with omega squad is during the battle of genosis which is when we first see the clone troopers right it's uh during the attack of the clones when they come by it was the badass scene right you see all the 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 red martian or not even martian it's the red genosian sandstorms and then clones are shooting out of it you see some dude jump on a crab freaking blast it like it's so freaking badass and um during that, um, the Republic deployed Republic commandos, which are these super special forces guys, like they're um, like they're infantry, um, and a lot of them died. Um, so the Omega Squad 
is a squad, a unit made of the survivors of four different squads. Um, so, you know, there, there was a uh, four squads where all, all, you know, all, almost all of them, except for one person, you know, three of the squad members died and the survivors got put into Omega squad. Right. So they're, um, they're like the leftovers are the ones who survived, whose brothers have basically died in that first mission. And it's really cool. Cause, um, some of you might be familiar with the Republic commandos cause of the video game. There was the star Wars Republic video game for, um, Republic commando video game for the, uh, original Xbox. The, um, and what's cool is they actually make a reference to it um, in the game. If you read the, or if you're playing, when you're going through the tunnels in, Genos- in Genosis, you'll hear over the radio like so and so squad, you know, something's been wiped out or whatever. And that's one of these Republic Commando squads. Um, in the, and what's also cool is uh, in the game Republic Commandos, uh, that's Delta Squad that you're following. They end up coming to um, the novels. You end up getting to know them a lot better, and that's what makes um, oh, man again. It's again, it's so freaking cool. Um, they go into the story of all of the um, all of the Republic Commando squads, how they work together, how they're really much like like family. You know that they're brought together by this at the time this really cool Mandalorian culture because uh, the the background to the Republic Commandos was. Um, when Jango Fett was, you know, became the template, he had a bunch of Mandalorians that he knew come and train the Republic commandos. He wanted them all to train them to be elite warriors. And, um, one, the main, the Omega squad, all but one of them were raised by Cal Scarada. He was like this, uh, they called him a uh, Papa Buir. And he was like, he was like the really nice dad or the grandpa where, um, he treated his kids with love and he raised them, you know, like lovingly. And, um, for Omega Squad, three out of the four um, Republic Commandos are from his squads that sadly didn't make it. The only one, I wish I could remember his name, but the only one that was not part of it was actually from another uh, Mandalorian's, uh, you know, forces that had trained him. Um, let me see if I can find his name real quick because uh, it was it was super cool. It was uh, Waylon Vow. His name was Waylon Vow. And uh, he was also a mercenary, a male Mandalorian. Waylon Vow, he he's the tough as nails. He accepts nothing less but perfection, and he was really tough. He was one of those like, um, again, he'll treat his his uh the clones he was training like complete crap. He'll put him through hell and back. And initially, you're like, man, this guy's a fucking asshole, right? Well, later on, like in the third or fourth novel. He explains, you know, he's going back and forth with Cal Scarada. He's like, he's telling him like, oh, yeah, Papa, we're like, oh, are you giving candy to your little kids, right? Do you want to? And he tells him, do you know how many of my children died on Genosis? He told he and he tells him only three. The only three that died were the ones from the unit where you got my kid from. And because um, initially it, it, when he brought over that Republic commander to Omega squad, it was because he got into a fight with uh, Waylon Vow and he cut his face like he gave him a big old gash across his face and he has a scar and Cal Scarada basically said you don't want your kid I'll take him he'll be my kid and what the reason why Waylon Val was so tough is he told him I don't want my kids to be soft I love you, you I love my kids the way I love them and I would you know what if they don't like me if they think I was too tough I would rather have them be alive I would rather rather have them live and hate me than be soft and die and it, again, it just it completely flips the dynamic between the, between the two because you start seeing a little bit more respect from from Cal Scarada. Um, 
because you later on find out that uh when he was fighting um when he was fighting with uh that one oh man I, I wish i can remember the name his name was was it atten republic commando omega squad there was a uh, niner he was a leader there was damien Phi, and atten and i think i don't think it was Phi. if i is the one that i think uh it, it might have it might have been damon or Darman. No, it wasn't Darman. Uh Darman is uh, short for Darmanda, which means uh without without oh man, it's like a rudimentary uh description of without Mandalore and to be without Mandalore is like without your life, without a soul cuz they believe these clones do not have souls without the Mandalorian culture. So he's actually one of the main um uh Republic commandos you you follow. So I'm pretty sure it was Aten, uh, Atin uh or Aten, whatever um you find out later on that he was um he had a survivor's guilt he was the only one out of his unit to to survive and again his unit was the only ones trained by Waylon Val that had any casualties um and he's having a lot of survival guilt and he's being very he's he's depressed and he's like being suicidal and that's when Waylon Val you know in in order to break him out of it. it's like all right man you want to die let's do it then he they start fighting and you know he's slashing at him he's like no this is what you want right you want to die let's just let's get it over with right now and that's where you know they break in and they find him fighting and he's you know severely injured he cut him in his face and stuff and that's when uh cal scarada took him over took you know took over uh, tra his training and put him in his uh unit in his squad the omega squad and again this is uh, this this is a story told over five novels. Again, if you have a chance, I definitely recommend just finding them. They're they're cheap, man. Like you can find them in like freaking dollar bookstores. Um, and they're great, great novels. If you have the time to invest into reading all of these, you'll grow to love these characters because again, the Republic Commandos are such a cool, cool, cool idea, a cool concept. And what's also cool is the story also revolves around not just uh, Cal Scarada, the trainer, and his kids, which are the Republic Commandos, and what they call Null Arc Troopers. So there's Arc Troopers. They're called, I, I believe it was uh, Advanced Reconnaissance Clone, um, or Advanced Reconnaissance Commando. I forget the, what the trooper was. Um, but they're basically like badass, you know, Rambo-style dudes. They go out and do missions completely on themselves, sometimes with a few other guys. Like, you know, it just depends on what they are. And um, you... Uh, the null arcs were when they were making them they were null that means they were too independent they were too like they couldn't be controlled and what the Kaminoans did is they just treated them like science experiments so there there was 10 null null arcs 10 or 11 or 12 i forget exactly how much it's been over a decade since i read these novels uh that were basically slated to be um disposed of and restarted and cal scarada was basically like, nope they're my kids i'll take them and they're like no you can't do that and he goes oh you can try to stop me and i'll kill you basically and uh so he raised them to be great and what's funny is again as much as i love boba fett like the old lore for those of you who don't know this is star wars legends so this is just cool stories it's not necessarily canon anymore but the no arc troopers they would they would bully boba fett like like as a little kid they'd be like oh look at the little brother little cousin or whatever like oh what a little punk and just you know bullying him and stuff and i thought it was funny because it's like yeah this cool big badass and then his older brothers or cousins or whatever over here just you know bullying him um but yeah it's a, a really cool idea 
but it also revolves around Jedi, right? There's Jedi during the Clone Wars. Well, the main Jedi, there's two main Jedi that are part of these stories, and uh, the main, main one was, um, her name was Etain. Um, what the hell was her, what, what was her full name? It was, a. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It was Etain Tur Mukan. She was a Jedi Knight. She was a female human. And in the first novel, the um, Omega Squad finds her um and she's like scared of him she's trying to fight him off because i guess there was a mandalorian who killed her master on that planet where she was doing a mission the reason they get dropped off is they're trying to find out if there's a a separatist oppression on this planet and they run across her because they hadn't heard back from them and uh they end up helping her out it's funny because uh darman's the first one he he kind of falls out of a if I remember, he falls out of a gunship or whatever and finds her and like kind of helps. They, they help each other survive. And uh, one of the funniest things that I remember, like, again, it's such a slow burn joke, but it was when they landed the Republic commandos. They just have all white armor. And right, you know, they're these special forces, guys. Like they're supposed to be doing like these missions at night and they're in all white bright armor with like blue glowing tees. And then it wasn't until uh, I think the third book. They finally get black armor. So they get this dope ass like black Republic Commando armor. And when you look at the Republic Commandos, like imagine, you know, clone troopers look tough, right? They look cool. The Republic Commandos are like little hulks when you look at them. They're like, you know, more built. They got, you know, more beefy armor. So they're the, they got the, they get this black armor. And then the first mission they get to use it on is on a snow planet. And they're just laughing at the, the irony of that is like, all right, we've been asking for black armor for the longest time just to be a little bit more, uh, uh, tactical and blend into the surroundings and then they get thrown on the snow planet where that's the only place they will stand out with black armor so it's just again one of those little slow burn jokes where it's like oh man if you've been reading from the get-go you'll get it um but what's cool is in this first uh novel uh he she she gets help from the republic commandos they help her they they complete their mission they go back and they she kind of builds a bond with this squad especially with darman and what's cool is later on, she actually, how do you say, um, continues, continues the, uh, the relationship. And what's crazy is like, she, she actually has a romantic relationship with Darman without kind of telling anyone else, like, you know, and it's kind of weird like, when you think about it, cause it's these clones as old as they look, they're only like a few years old. So their mind's a little I don't know. It's a little different, right? Like they're accelerated growth. They grow like twice as fast or however much as fast as humans. So he's kind of naive. He's kind of, he doesn't understand. Uh, again, clones don't get in relationships. They're basically slaves. When you think about it, they were bred to be soldiers and warriors for the Republic. And it's cool to see like, yeah, a Jedi who, you know, you're not supposed to, for, right, that's another thing too. Another part of the the puzzle is like, yeah, Jedi aren't supposed to have relationships. They're not supposed to be, you know, in love. And she loves Darman and she feels like, oh, she's so sad that, yeah, he's going to die so fast or he can die at any minute and no one will remember him. So she ends up allowing herself to get pregnant. And with that, um, you know, it was this big old thing of of first letting know Cal, you know, um, the the dad, the trainer, know that, hey, I'm I'm pregnant with Darman's kid and uh, and him getting upset, like wanting to kill her. And basically being like, you know what, well, uh, you're going to have the kid and I'll raise it like it's one of my own. What we're basically what we'll say is it's one of uh, one of my my 
children's, you know, it's one of my grandkids, it's one of my, because my, uh, Cal Scarada, none of his biological kids want anything to do with him. So he, they're just going to say like, oh yeah, that's one of my grandkids from my estranged children. And that's why he, he treats the clones that he trains so much like children is like they're the family he doesn't have. He gets to basically get a second shot at raising them. And uh, again, you, you go through the story where, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they have this baby and this toddler and stuff like that. And then um, Darman doesn't know. And uh, the child ends up having two names. I think he names them Venku. And then... Um, and then uh, I think when Darman, you know, said like he sees him, he's like, if I ever had a kid, I'd name him Cad or Kadika, which is like Little Sword. Cad is sword and Kadika is like Little Sword in Mandalorian. And um, so they end up giving him the name Cad as well. So his name's a uh, uh, Cad Skarata or Cal. Yeah, it's like Cad Skarata. And then he also goes by Venku. And um, yeah, dude, it's, it's super cool because he eventually finds out and he's so upset because he's like, I've been you know, I've been around this child and I didn't know he was mine the whole time. Like you've deprived me. Like it's such a betrayal between them, between the father, between his, his lover. And, um, again, it's, it's such a good story. And the Karen Travis does a great job on the interpersonal relationships. And then there is another Jedi. His name was, uh, I think it was Barden Jusik, if I remember correctly. Let me see if I can find it. It was, yeah. Barden Jusik. He's also a Jedi Knight. He's a male human. And he starts kind of, how do you say he starts seeing, how the Republic treats the clones and where it's kind of going. And, um, he kind of, he ends up leaving the order to join them. You know, he ends up kind of adopting the Mandalorian, the, uh, the Mandalorian culture. He becomes Mandalorian basically. And it's funny cause, uh, uh, Cal Scarada uh, basically kind of joking, but kind of semi-seriously is like, Ooh, we got to start studying you around, you know, let's get some of these Mandalorian girls all up on you and start getting some force sensitive, you know, Mando babies. And he's like, ah, ha, ha. And he goes, yeah, that's funny. But like, if you really want to do it, we'll do it, you know? Um, and, uh, it's, again, it was, it was so cool. Um, yeah, you, you get a lot of these missions, especially Triple uh, Zero. That's the designation for Coruscant. You know, it's the, the middle of the, the Republic. And uh, you get to see a lot of uh, missions on Triple Zero on, on Republic because um, there is four novels. Um, the novels, the first one's Hard Contact. The next one's Triple Zero. And then there's True Colors. And then there's Order 66. Order 66 um, is the last of the Republic Commando novels. Um, because after that, it becomes the Imperial Commando novels, and then it's five oh first, and they they were sadly they were supposed to do a sixth book um, for the Imperial Commando series, and they just never finished it. Um, but yeah, if you if you read the Republic Commandos uh, book one through four, I actually remember reading them in order: the Hard Contact, Triple Zero, True Colors, and then I had caught up by the time that um, Order sixty six came out, and I was getting all these books through the library. I remember having my whole week planned out, like, I'm going to read Order 66 this much per day. I got it whenever the library opened, like, at 10 in the morning. I was the first one to hold it because, you, you know, there's a whole hold system through the library. If you're, you ever worked the, the public libraries, you know about it. But I was the first in line. I got it. And I got home, and I couldn't, couldn't wait to read the, the book. And I read it, and I kept reading it, and I read it all day. And I read it so much, I wasn't drinking water, I wasn't eating. The last chapter of the book, I was so dehydrated, it started bleeding out of my nose. Because usually when I dehydrate, it get too hot, I get nosebleeds. 
So uh, there's a there's there's a, a Republic Commando Order 66 hardcover novel floating around out there in the Fresno County uh, library system that has my blood on it. So if you guys want my DNA, go go to town, go and try and find it. Um, but yeah, I I read it in one day. I read a whole novel in one day like and oh man it was super late too it was like maybe one two three in the morning i just i read it all day because i had to know what happened and the way it ends is just it's so heartbreaking because you get again throughout the whole series you start seeing all these mandalorians um basically indoctrinating not indoctrinating but like uh, accepting and giving these clone troopers culture you know the mandalorian culture that's that's how they gives them more purpose besides just dying for the empire or not the Empire, the the Republic at the time, and um, they had orchestrated a whole thing that was going to. They were going to defect. They were they're all going to defect. All the Republic commandos, a whole group of them, like tons and tons of Republic commandos, were going to defect along with a bunch of clone troopers because they ended up making friends with a bunch of the clone troopers too, and the Jedi and stuff like that. And then Order sixty six happens, and. They were, oh my God, I'm still, again, it's been over a decade, but I'm still remembering this like it was yesterday because it, it, the one thing I love about reading novels is you paint the picture in your head. You you have these, you know, a good writer can paint a picture in your head. And I remember um, the they're on a bridge and um, Attain is walking, walking past the bridge and there's a whole buttload of stormtrooper or not stormtroopers clone troopers oh and then yeah this is obviously this is legends it's before the new the new uh canon so they had basically what they did is um the clone troopers that ended up betraying a lot of the jedi they were um they were cloned somewhere else they weren't cloned on Kaminos. So they were lower quality clones and they were bred to be completely they were they were engineered to be completely um loyal to the republic above all everything else so like the republic commandos were kind of noticing like oh these guys are a little different they'd ask him like oh you know all this rain reminds you must remind you of home he goes what do you mean he goes oh well yeah camino is always raining and they're like oh no camino's completely bright all the time so right away it kind of gives them in that in their head like these guys aren't from camino they they might have been told they're from camino but they're not they're who knows where they're from and um yeah the she <laughs> These new clones, they're trying to catch Jedi because Order 66 went down. And um, Attain just has to make it from one end of the bridge to the other where their their ship's waiting so they can take off. And she's making it through. And then... Man. And then... Uh, these Padawans aren't going to make it through the the blockade, through the, you know, the, the checkpoint... So they take out their lightsabers and they're jumping around killing clones. Well, Attain again, she's she's so oh man, how do you say? It? She's friends with the clones and she's friends with the 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 commandos and stuff like that. Like she she doesn't want them to die. So without she doesn't have her lightsabers anymore because she you know got rid of them so she wouldn't get caught. So she one one Padawan's about to kill a clone and she jumps in the way and i remember they describe it where it's like it goes from her shoulder to her spine and it kills her the the lightsaber and then you know the clones just gun down the the padawans and stuff and then you see the republic commandos just go nuts and they start like you know killing all the jedi that were there and he's you know holding her like basically trying to like confirm in his last moments and um they have to take off like they have to have to take off 
And while they're taking off, I think it was while they were taking off or right before they took off, one of the brothers of the Omega Squad falls down. He falls and he's like handicapped. He can't move or whatever. So another one stays behind with them because he knows what the way it is with the Republic turning into the Empire or whatever, that if the clone is no longer useful, they're just going to terminate him. So he's like, I got to make sure they don't do that. So they end up not losing, not only losing a Tain, but like half the squad, two of his brothers don't make it with them. And then I think, oh, no, Darman ends up staying behind, too, if I remember correctly. So it was Darman and someone else, like almost all of them, because um, Darman ends up becoming an Imperial Commando in the Imperial Commandos uh, novels. Because um, during the Imperial Commando novels, they're working to get Jedi, or no, they're working to smuggle clones and people who want to off of um, Coruscant and away from the Empire, basically. Um, and... Oh, what was it like uh, on his way out? Because they had just gotten married, you know, in the Mandalorian tradition. Tradition. It was so- something Mandalorian tradition when they get married is something as simple as like, do you, you know, I want to marry you. Do you want to marry me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're married. You know, it's, it's just really quick. And they were doing it on com channels. Well, with the helmets, you can you can mute anything out like you, you, you can basically make it to where no one can hear you or it doesn't go out. So all he's doing while he's being flown away is just yelling uh, his wife's names, you know, attain like nonstop, like shooting his vocal cords because she's dead. And um, yeah, it was it was such a good, good, good story. And again, it's it's really freaking cool to see like uh, later on, you know, in the legacy era after, you know, um, after uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, when they're dealing with um with uh han and leia's kids and luke's kids and stuff like that um these characters come to play a huge part in it because in in the republic commando novels they find a a way to slow down the aging process because they don't want them to basically die out and cal and them are responsible for doing that for all the clones and a lot of them become mandalorians and they join the mandalorian cause and stuff like that and um it's yeah it's it's so freaking cool because yeah like um in the legacy era, uh, Jason Solo kills Boba Fett's daughter. Yeah, kills Boba Fett's daughter. Um, Boba Fett's granddaughter is trying to hunt him down because he thinks it's because of, or she thinks because of Boba not being there for her mom, you know, that she died. Um, and then Han, what was it? Han basically wants to get Boba Fett to help him out. Um, or what was it? Han wants some um, help from Boba Fett to kill his cousin because I guess his cousin was an asshole and tried to kill his whole family or whatever. So Boba Fett gets him like these crush gauntlets, and then <laughs> Han literally strangles to get to death his cousin or half cousin or whatever it was. And then um, Jaina Solo, which is Han's daughter, wants to learn how to fight Jedi to kill her brother, her twin brother, who is Darth Crate at the time. Jason Solo becomes Darth Crate. And Jason Solo is the one who killed, um, killed, uh, how do you say? I'm pretty sure he kills Boba's daughter. He also kills, I believe, Mara Jade. He kills his, uh, his aunt and kidnaps Ben Solo or Ben Skywalker, not Ben Solo, Ben Skywalker, Luke's kid and tortures him to be his apprentice. And, um, Jaina wants to learn how to kill Jedi and Mandalorians know how to kill Jedi. So, um, Boba basically knowing that 
she's going on a revenge mission or she's going on a, she's trying to train to kill him will be proxy revenge for killing his daughter. So she gets trained by some of these guys who were in the Republic Commando series. Again, it's, it's so cool how they're all intertwined. The, the Mandalorian culture was freaking awesome. And, um, you know, talking about the Mandalorian culture, it's, it's a great transition from, again, if you haven't already, definitely recommend checking out these Republic Commando novels. Because, again, even though they're legends and they're not necessarily canon, there's still a lot of cool story. And it gives you an appreciation for Mandalorians. Um, but definitely transition to the next part of uh, the stories I want to talk about that I've been experiencing. Because, like I said, um, this last month's been great for Star Wars for me. Um, I caught up with season two of Mandalorian. And not just that. I caught up with season two. I rewatched the Clone Wars so I can watch the final season and then watch Bad Batch. So I caught up with Bad Batch as well. And um, yeah, it's just again, it's been it's been such a great time for Star Wars. Here, let me take a sip of my daddy juice real quick. I got some whiskey with a big chunk of ice. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to watch Mando season two for a long time, but I really wasn't able to. I've had really hard problems focusing right now. So I just put stuff on that I can watch on the background cause I'm in and out of focusing on it. And I didn't want to keep rewinding with uh, bounty hunter cause that's what would happen. And it still kind of did, you know, there'd be every now and then there'd be a scene where I, for some reason would get on my phone and have to rewind it. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. So what I, you know, did is I, I watched uh, season one of Mandalorian just to re get me back in the mood. And then when when I was done with that, I was like, all right, cool. Now it's time to watch season two. And I've been telling a lot of the guys I've been talking to, like, oh man, I really, really like what they're doing with Mandalorian. Again, they've changed a lot of the lore up. They're kind of going back and, and making it a little bit better for Mandalorians. And, um, it's so cool to, how do you say, um, there were so many points while watching this show that, you know, I'm watching it by myself laying down in bed in my underwear. I'm maybe wearing a shirt or not. I don't know, man, but I'm just full on relaxed. There's no one around me. I'm just by myself. And there were so many times, there was at least three moments throughout that season where I was just out loud to myself and no one else just said, man, I fucking love Star Wars. Like, God damn it, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is so freaking cool right now. A lot of those moments were when they were showing cool Mandalorian stuff. When they were tying in the Clone Wars and Rebels, um, it, it was just, again, it's, it's so freaking... Oh, Star Wars is so freaking cool. Um, again, bringing in Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and Thrawn from Rebels. Like, it's just, oh, man, it's so, again, it just makes you, it's been a great time for Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars fan, right now is the best time to be a fan. If you if you are like me and the movies are all right, but the expanded universe is the shit, then you, you, it's a great time. Because the next thing I'll talk about after the shows is even better. Um and it's it's another media format um, for Star Wars that is just it's been doing great lately too. Um, but yeah, Mando season two, um, it's cool seeing again the character development of like okay he finds out or you know he doesn't really believe Bo-Katan's Mandalorian. Cause she, they take off their helmets, and she tells him like yeah you're part of a crazy religious set like you know a, a cult basically where they don't take their helmets off, which, you know, it's, that was a really weird thing with the Mandalorian culture that they had changed up. So it was cool for them to address it, like basically say, no, him and his group, they're not normal. That's not normal. That's not what they normally do. Um, it's cool seeing more history on, on Din Djarin, um, more character development, especially with characters like, uh, Bill Burr's character. Um, you know, he's a former stormtrooper and, you know, a former Imperial soldier 
and to see what it was like from the point of view of the guys on the ground, like again, the everybody knows the Empire does shitty things, but to hear somebody from the Empire finally be like, yeah, it, again, somebody made the great joke um, where it's like, you know, there was more character development or more uh, deconstruction of a stormtrooper with um with the man i feel bad what's his name it was like may something um was it mayhew um but there was more character development for a stormtrooper more breakdown of a what of a stormtrooper with a bill burr's character um than with finn because finn was my uh he was what i was looking forward to kind of the most when it came into the sequel trilogy where it was like yeah let's see what a what a uh, Miggs Mayfield is what his name was. Sorry, guys. I was just trying to remember what his name was. Miggs Mayfield. So Mayfield. Um, but Finn was such a cool idea to see on the big screen a defected stormtrooper um, who didn't believe in the cause, right? And uh, and they just didn't do anything with them. Not not what I wanted, at least, or not anything of well of substance. And. Um, to see uh uh mayfield and him be like yeah you know there those were imperial lives right it was all well you know it's all for the glory of the emperor he goes no it's all glory for your bitch ass and for him to just basically go off and kill those guys and and kind of understand what's up with uh with mando you know be like i didn't see anything i didn't see you take your helmet off or whatever you know like kind of getting on the same note as him it um if to me it helps redeem them and and you when when i saw that episode and i think back to the episode where they were on initially you do realize that mayfield's the only one that's not really out to get mando it was the the rest of the crew that they were with that were kind of being assholes and backstabbing them and you're like all right man maybe this guy's not the worst and again of all actors but you know bill burr he again a lot of respect there's a lot of respect uh, that i have towards bill burr he did a great job um again I'm, I'm a huge fan of he's trying to his comedy and even though he likes to talk crap on us nerds like i, I still got a lot of respect for him i, I got a, little, a lot of respect for his acting talents because uh what was it king of staten island i got that for my birthday last year um and it was a really good watch and he's a really good actor and um again just respectful actor like uh i got nothing but great things to say with him or say about him and i'm, I'm glad he's you know part of the star wars family um, but yeah, Mando was just badass. It was badass seeing more Mandalorians. It was badass seeing uh, Ahsoka Tano. It was badass seeing the fucking Dark Troopers. Dark Troopers have been such a cool part of the old lore. You know, it was Legends up until recently. And uh, and then, yeah, Luke rolling up at the end like, man, what? everything's just been so badass. Again, there were so many times where I was just watching it being like, I fucking love Star Wars. And the Dark Troopers showing up was definitely one of those. Um, and yeah, I uh, after watching or catching up with Mando... I went through and rewatched um the Clone Wars because I haven't watched the Clone Wars since they came out, so I vaguely remember the last season. But with this true final season that they put out for it, I was like, you know what? Let's just watch it from the beginning, um because I've watched most of this. It's just gonna be a refresher. And yeah, I brought back a lot of them. I noticed some stuff that I don't either don't remember or didn't notice the the first time that I watched it. Um, but yeah, watching everything uh again, a lot of people were big fans of Ahsoka. I really wasn't a fan of her, and I'm not really a fan of her now, but I, I like what they did with the character. I definitely do, because um, she got better towards the end, um, but I didn't think she got bit. Like, I didn't really accept her in the sense of, like, all right, she's a really, like, a cool character, a good addition to the Star Wars mythos until the Disney's final season, where you see what they do with her, where she's kind of trying to find her own way, and it was such a heartfelt moment to 
to see the 501st, you know, uh, paint their helmets with the with the orange face and in, in, in homage and in, in solidarity with Ahsoka to have her back in command. And, um, oh, man, like, if you haven't already, um, Star Wars The Clone Wars does a great job on bridging the gap from Episode 2 to Episode 3 on why Anakin acts the way he does and his his descent into becoming Darth Vader before that, right? And, um, yeah, by the end of it, you, you, you get to see throughout the series how the Jedi kind of treat the clones and a lot of them are really good friends with them, but a lot of them also treat them like, yeah, they're dispensable. They're here to die. And again, the Jedi is supposed to be peacekeepers, yet they're bringing war to planets. And again, it's a weird responsibility to have. Again, you, you get to see how tactical the Emperor was and it's cool seeing again, them bring back Darth Maul and bring back all these characters and for Darth Maul to kind of figure it out and proxy through us as well. It's like, Oh yeah. Like you see the, the, the wires connecting, you see the lights turning on in his head where he's like, Oh my God, what a, what a great plan. You know, he's turning his, their army against them and turning the public opinion against them again. Like the, the Jedi bring war with them. They're, they're warmongers are not peacekeepers. And yeah, they, they commit treason against the, um, you know, they failed a coup against the emperor or the chancellor or whatever. Um, Again, it was perfect, and it's cool them showing. They changed the lore, right, with the with the cartoon show that they have these, you know, biological microchips that basically make them follow orders. So when Order sixty six hits, it doesn't matter how good of a friends they were; they're just it, the switch turns on. You know, as a Manchurian candidate, it's like, you know, they're super like they're gonna follow orders no matter what, and it's so interesting to see. And it's such again, it makes it hit harder because. I had this uh, when I watched Star Wars Episode Three for the first time in theaters when it ended, and y the the bad guys win, the good guys don't win. You know, Yoda, Obi Wan, they're out, and they're exiled. And Vader, you know, he becomes Darth Vader. He's in the suit, and Palpatine won. It was his his final stroke of genius, his his you know um, crescendo. And you're like, this is how the Empire starts. And uh, and I felt so shitty, but also like I enjoyed the movie. But you felt like the gravity of it. You felt how uh, how heavy the moment was, and I got that same feeling when Clone Wars ended. Because uh, the final season of Clone Wars, again, you see them. Um, Ahsoka was was not exiled. She was a uh, well. Initially, she was um, expelled from the Jedi Order because she was framed, and then she leaves willingly because the Jedi Order wasn't what she thought it was. Like they didn't have her back. Nobody believed her, and um, you get to see her point of view. And you get to see the point of view from other characters, and they introduce some really cool characters like the Bad Batch in this final season, and then the two sisters. Um, I forget what their name is, um, and yeah, the. Like I said earlier, they they don their helmets that are painted with the orange face, um, the orange face like uh, Ahsoka, and they're getting ready to siege Mandalore because that's where Darth Maul is. Well, that happens right when the Chancellor gets kidnapped, which is the beginning of Episode Three, right? The Chancellor gets kidnapped, Dooku and uh, Grievous have him on the ship, and Obi Wan and Anakin are going to rescue him. So you get to see them basically say like, oh, we're going to split our forces, have them go with Ahsoka and Captain Rex to Mandalore to siege it with Bo-Katan to capture Darth Maul. And then Obi-Wan and 
Anakin take um half the other half of the clones and they go and you know try to rescue the chancellor and uh maul wasn't expecting that he was expecting obi-wan because he wants to kill obi-wan obi-wan was the one who initially killed him you know who who ended you know who made him not be a sith anymore basically the emperor just cast him aside or uh, palpatine just cast him aside darth Darth sidious and uh, he didn't expect ahsoka to come by and he's kind of telling ahsoka what's going to happen connecting again connecting the dots the the light bulbs are going off and then you know they capture him they have him in like this crazy badass mandalorian box that they can't um escape from which is kind of cool because you see it later on in rebels as well it's supposed to be the last of its kind and um again it was, it was so freaking cool it's such an interesting story and uh they're on the ship they're on a you know a Vendor, Vendor class star destroyer or whatever uh republic one and order 66 happens and everybody just turns on ahsoka all of her friends all these people who she's fought you know uh, neck and neck with and you know, has such a shared history, they just turn on her, you know, again, it's a whole brainwash mentoring candidate, they're, you know, they say the right, the right words, and they turn like that, and Rex is trying to hold it back, because in the previous season, um, Fives finds out about it, and tells him about it, so Rex, with his last, like, conscious words, tells her, like, hey, you know, find out about Fives, you know, CT5555, and, um, or 0555, and, uh, so she manages to escape, finds out what's going on with the uh the information and um finds out about the chip is able to capture rex knock him out and get the chip removed when it's removed rex is like oh my god you know figures out what's going on and they're trying to escape and uh they're in the hangar bay and all the clones are waiting for her because the way it is when order 66 kicked off if you're not wholeheartedly behind them if you're not wholeheartedly hunting down jedi you're basically committing treason as well and they're going to kill you and um rex is uh telling her like all right we got to go we can blast our way through into a ship and she's like no i'm not going to kill these clones like you know i don't want to kill them i don't want to hurt them they're my friends and um the rex he basically tells him yeah well they don't share that sentiment they're willing to kill you without a second thought and uh and i don't want you to like uh, this is just what has to happen and uh ahsoka takes off his helmet and you see that he's crying he has a couple of tears coming down and you never see rex that way you never see him basically kind of making that decision and like you know putting that before his brothers because you know the the clones all they have is themselves and the few jedi or the few people who you know treat him like family and ahsoka basically lets him know like they're just like you they're just following orders they're good men and they just can't help themselves and she's and she tells him like i know um that they won't let us go unless they uh they're killed but she says she's not gonna be the one to do it she's not gonna be the one to kill him so they find it you know they, they they make plans and they find another way to go around it darth maul in the meantime is just wrecking through the <laughs> the whole ship not giving a fuck you know he's just cutting him in half he doesn't care um but they manage to escape as the ship's going down on a planet. And uh, when it crashes, you know, all but, you know, Maul escapes and Rex and Ahsoka survive just barely, you know, by the skin of their teeth. And um, the series ends with them basically, oh man, again, it's such a somber moment because they, they take all, they bury all the clones. And, you know, they give them their, their whole, you know, soldier's burial. Um, they put their, their blaster in, on the grave with the helmet on top of it and you just see a whole sea of of clone trooper helmets with the the orange face painted on it 
and again, these were all men who who loved her. You know, they, they, they that was their family basically, and and for them to be turned like that, and uh, Ahsoka's basically done with being a Jedi, and she leaves her lightsaber behind. And, uh, you know, there's a little time jump in that scene and you see Vader, you know, as Darth Vader in the suit, he comes up, he sees the helmets, he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber and that's where the series ends. And again, it's such a somber final moment. And the way the music wraps up is just, again, it made me feel like the end of episode three where it's like, yeah, you know, hope is lost and, and yeah, it's just, it's rough. And again, it was such a great series. Um, but that leads right into the Star Wars Bad Batch series that's still currently going on. I'm I'm caught up with it, but um, yeah, it's following the Bad Batch, which were introduced in ep- in season seven of uh the Clone Wars, and they're pretty much uh clones. You know, they they call them the Bad Batch because it was a bad batch of cloning, right? They they had mutations that were deemed desirable by uh by the Kaminoans to be like really special forces clones. Well, because they have these mutations and stuff, their chips don't work necessarily the way they're supposed to. So all but one of them aren't affected by Order 66. And um, Order 66 goes down and one of them, it goes off on him like it works. So he's trying to hunt down this Jedi that they were with and the rest of them are trying to stop him or one of them is trying to stop him. And he lets the Jedi get away. And uh, it was a uh, Caleb Doom, who you find out later on is uh, Kanan Jarrus from the Rebel series. Again, does a great job tying the whole universe together. And it really, the the Bad Batch series deals with them trying to live outside of the what is now the Galactic Empire. You know, it's no longer the Republic. They don't have the money. They don't have the support. They're on the run. They're being hunted down. And they're trying to deal with the whole microchip in their head because one of their big guys, Wrecker, he ends up having problems with it as well. You know, he starts banging his head and starts activating the chip. And, um, you know, so they got to take it out of him and... uh Again, it's such a great series. I'm caught up. They have a, they're dealing with, um, there's this clone who, as far as I've seen, is the only female clone of Jango Fett, which is right. It's, it's such a weird thought. I mean, who, who would have ever thought about it? like, obviously you could do it. Right. And, uh, again, it's so interesting seeing kind of how they're dealing with it and making these alliances. Cause they run into, they run into Captain Rex. They run into a few of these other characters. They end up, you know, kind of come becoming familiar with later on. And it's, uh, oh man, uh, you, they run into the the sisters from season seven of uh, of Clone Wars that Ahsoka befriends who are kind of fighting against the Empire pretty much. Um, and yeah, it is, it's such a, it's such an interesting, interesting show and idea. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to where it goes because, yeah, they just introduced, reintroduced uh, Cad Bane into it who you hadn't seen for a while, actually. Um, but, yeah, there's all kinds of slew of bounty hunters going after Omega for some reason. You'll find out later. Um, but, yeah, um, the I've been nothing but happy with the Star Wars TV shows um, that they've been coming out with. It's such a great, 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 great series. Um, but the other cool thing that's been going on, and I'll go on to something that I'm looking forward to, a story that I'm looking forward to, um, is I talked about it earlier, I kind of hinted at it, is... All right, so the the shows have been badass. You know, you got Mando, you got Clone Wars, you know, the final season, season seven. You got the Bad Batch. And then the other thing going on with Star Wars right now is the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters. For those of you who don't know, the Star Wars comics that Marvel puts out are canon. They're super canon. They've been canon since they've been putting them out. People just kind of sleep on them. And the current storyline that Marvel's doing is they're doing a whole crossover with all the Star Wars titles. And the crossover event is called Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, and it revolves around Boba Fett, 
trying to get the slab of carbonite with Han Solo in back to Jabba. So it takes place right after Empire Strikes Back in between Return of the Jedi. And again, it's super freaking cool because you get to see kind of what happens in between. They reintroduce characters. Um, They're reintroducing the Crimson Dawn, um, which was the gang in Solo, which is another thing too. I I recognize the lady right away is, uh, I think her name's like Kira or Kirelia or whatever. Um, But she was Solo's girlfriend in the movie, right? In the, the Solo movie, she was Han's girlfriend in that. She's back and she's running the Red Dawn gang. And, um, yeah, the in the alpha issue, the one that kicks off the whole crossover event, you see Boba, he's noticing that the, the slab's kind of unfreezing, it's melting in certain spots. And, um, so it's gonna basically kill Han before he gets there. So he stops in Narshadah, which is supposed to be, you know, they, they, they joke or they, they say in, in the first movie, you know, you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than Mos Eisley. Well, this is like Mos Eisley, but like a whole planet. So clearly they found a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Um, but Boba, he, he finds one of his, his buddies, quote unquote, uh, an associate who it couldn't help him. He's like, you know, asking the, the guys basically tell him like, oh yeah, they fucked all this up. They wired it so wrong. It's I'm surprised he's still alive. And Boba asks him, you know, can you fix it? And he's like, yeah, but not for free. So he tells him, oh, once I take it, I'll I'll get paid. You know, this is a big payday for me. And then I'll pay you whatever the fuck you want, you know, whatever the hell you want. And he tells him, that's not how it works. I don't do things for free. And he asks him, well, what can I do then? Well, it turns out he's had like some gangster thug. You know, she she's uh, friends with some gangsters or gang leaders. And she's been, you know, uh, kind of messing with his business. And he can't do anything about it because she's so well connected. So he tells her, like, oh, she's basically, like, the champion of these gladiator pits. If you kill her, you don't even have to pay me. So Boba, he he does the Star Wars equivalent of plastic dipping his armor because it's literally, he says, like, oh, this this paint will, will wear off in two days. And he paints his armor all black. And he goes to fight and he registers on the name Django. Well, he's fighting his way up, killing a bunch of people. You know, he fights his way up, like, quickly, like, within a day or so. I think it was, like, within a day, within a few hours. And he finally goes to fight against the chick that he was talking about, you know, the 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 leader, the the, the champion. And you find out she's a champion because she's like this weird spider alien. And what she does is she just puts a web across the whole arena and they just get caught up in it. And she kills him, you know, easy peasy. Well, you know, Boba Fett's a badass, you know, Boba Fett's Boba Fett. So, you know, he uses his jetpack flamethrower, everything he has to, you know, kill her. And he ends up like cutting the, the webs and crushing her with a giant boulder she had suspended. And uh, he's leaving. He's trying to collect his earning or his winnings, you know, because he's a champion. And then some of the gangster friends of the girl are like, oh, we lost a lot of money because we were betting on her to win, so you owe us. And he's like, what the fuck? I don't know you shit. He goes, well, if you want to collect your winnings, you're going to have to do another fight then. And we'll bet on you and you'll win. And uh, Bubba's like, fuck it, just keep the money. So he goes back to tell the guy that he killed her. Well, by then, you know, the guy's been killed and they ran off with a Han Solo slab after he fixed it. And that's where the alpha issue ends. And they do a lot of preludes, kind of inviting all the, because this series is crossing over in between the main Star Wars storyline, the Star Wars Darth Vader, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, and the Bounty Hunter series. So all four Star Wars titles will be tied into this event. And, you know, uh, Aphra gets an invitation. Um, uh, the Darth Vader book is really cool because it's showing basically uh, Luke. He let Luke believe that he was doing all these victories and stuff. You know, the, the whole thing is Vader wants Luke to join his side to rule the galaxy as father and son. And uh, you see him, like, we read, and he's saying, like, I, I let him 
think he's strong. He thinks he's strong with his friends, and I'll show him what the true strength is with the dark side. I'll show him that all these little victories that I'm allowing him to to get, all all his friends that I'm allowing him to make, I will take all of it away from him and show him just how weak he is. And um, and it, it makes it make more sense when he shows up on Cloud City with you know uh, Lando and all that, where you're like, oh, okay, that's what he was doing. And, uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's been so freaking good. Like, it's such a good series. It's cool seeing all these tie-ins. Because, um, yeah, Luke's obviously, Luke and Leia and them are trying to save uh, save uh, Han. And uh, I'm just, I'm really interested to see where this uh, the story is going to go. Because it's written so well. You got Charles Soule writing the Star Wars line. And the main, uh, Charles Soule is writing the main Star Wars story. He's also writing the War of the Bounty Hunters. You got Greg Peck, the, you know, in between Charles Soule and, and um and Greg Peck, those are like the two best Star Wars comic writers right now. Um and Greg Peck's writing Darth Vader and then um Bounty Hunters and Afras are alright. I just haven't kept up with them a whole lot. They're not the most interesting of them. Not that they're bad, it's just Vader and Star Wars and the you know, War of the Bounty Hunters is just that much more interesting. But it is getting me to catch up with the other ones because I just need to catch up with uh, all my other titles actually. I collect all the Star Wars books. Um but I'm I'm just looking forward to so much to the uh the uh, Star Wars Republic Commando series. And there's supposed to be something like 30, 31, 32, 33 issues. And we're in, like not even a fifth of the way there. Like um, I think we've gotten like a couple of Vader, a couple of uh, Bounty Hunter issues. Um, not a whole lot. Uh, issue two of the War of the Bounty Hunters hasn't even came out yet either. Um, but yes, it's such a really interesting story. If you guys are haven't already, I definitely recommend picking up the issues. It shouldn't be too hard to pick them up right now just because uh, it's so early on. Um, but yeah, definitely something else to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of, uh, oops, all star Wars. Cause I know I did. I, I love talking about star Wars. I'm definitely trying to get on some more guests later on. Um, around my birthday, we'll try to do something special for my birthday coming up in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Um, and thanks for being patient again. I'm trying to put these episodes as frequently as I can. Sometimes I just have life kind of get in the way. Um, but as always, if you have any questions, any recommendations, or if there's anything you want to recommend, like any stories that you want to talk about, let me know, you know, we'll post it on the, on the chat and whatnot. Um, as always, you can find us, find us on a uh, weaving words podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which I'm rarely on, but you know what? I'll, I'll interact with people if they interact with me. Um, you can look up Roman the Nerd on Instagram. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, recommendations, feel free to send them. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys' support. You guys have been really freaking awesome. You know, the people I do talk to have just been all good vibes, really chill. And uh, if there's any guests you want to have back on the the podcast you know let, let me know because it's been over a year i know a lot of these guys would definitely be willing to kind of uh be on an episode again uh almost everybody has fun um and yeah if, if there's something you guys want to do different you know there's some episodes where i drink a lot more and it's just a lot more fun shooting the you know shooting the shit with my buddies um if that's something you guys enjoy just let us know um but yeah other than that thanks for giving us a listen uh thank you and have a good one goodbye adios